Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Grow With Soul. My guest today is Caroline Rowland, who is not only the founder and editor of 91 Magazine, but also a blogger at Patchwork Harmony and the author of The Shopkeeper's Home. Caroline was one of the first names I had on the list to speak to on the podcast, as everyone I speak to, and myself included, is inspired by 91 Magazine in some way. In this episode, we talk about balancing online and offline content, the future of print, um, moving from products into real life events, and most excitingly of all, how to pitch to magazine editors. So let's get into it. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me. Good. So for those who don't know you or 91 Magazine or know one or the other, can you give me like a little bit of your background and the inspiration behind everything that you do? Mm -hmm. So um, I actually started 91 Magazine seven years ago. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's an interiors and lifestyle magazine. It's an independent magazine I launched originally. It was just an online magazine that was free to read. That was 2011 was when I kind of first launched it. And at that point, I was still working a full-time job. I used to work for the Financial Times newspaper as a pitch editor and I was already blogging at that point. I started blogging actually 10 years ago this year. And I'd always loved magazines, but I kind of started to feel like none of the interiors magazines that were on the shelves were kind of really inspiring me anymore. They were either kind of too high end or that kind of lower end of the scale where they're kind of high street, you know, high street buys and, you know, supermarket homewares and things like that. So I kind of thought about setting up my own magazine but obviously at that point independent magazines weren't really around as much at that point and I kind of thought well printers aren't going to want to print a small print run and that's why I ended up going with the online option at that point and you know so it was online for a few years um, and we'd lots and lots of readers and I kind of started to charge a small fee to download which was a bit of a mistake because it just I think at that point as well I don't know whether it's changed not well I think it's changed a little bit now but still not so much but people didn't really want to pay for online content they didn't want to pay to download it so I did that for a year and then I actually took a year off from the magazine because I had my daughter and I had a book deal so at that point I was writing a an interiors book called The Shopkeeper's Home which published in 2015 so I kind of spent 2015 writing that and you know I had my little girl who was kind of quite quite small at that point so took a year off and then at this kind of end of 2015 when the book was all done and dusted I kind of started to think about what I should do with the magazine and around that time I think independent magazines were really starting to take off so uh, I started to look into printing it and getting a team together and stuff and then it all started to kind of fall into place so in 2016 we started our first print issue published in May. Um, and yeah, so we've just published the fifth print issue last month. And yeah, it's been going really, really well since then. So that's where we're up to. 
Good, because that's such a, a journey over quite a short period of time is from online to books to offline and print and all those sorts yeah. of things. And that's really interesting that kind of the story of 91 seems to have tracked the way that there does seem to have been this really massive rise in independent magazines and it does mm. seem to have been going a little bit offline, even though all the kind of stories around are about printers dying and yeah. obviously you were in newspapers for a while, so that was probably something yeah. on your mind. So what? why do you think it is that the kind of independent magazines and magazines like 91 seem to be thriving and building really strong brands in a very online world? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, A, you know, people do still enjoy sitting down with a, a hard copy of a magazine, a cup of tea, and having something they can actually hold that's tangible. And also, I think, in comparison to commercial magazines, that you know, they're very, very business-focused, and there's, you know, obviously people hear all the adverts it's just pages and pages of adverts and you know while I'm still a business I'm still running a business my focus is is more on creating something that I know people are going to love and people are going to really cherish and they're not going to just chuck it in the recycling box after they've read it they're going to collect them and you know refer back to them so I guess my approach is different to other kind of commercial magazines in terms of how I create the magazine and I think people can tell that and that's why they're kind of are gravitating towards those types of magazines that that are focused more on the on the content rather than how much money that they can make from advertising and things like that Mm. and obviously what's good about us as well is that my background is in blogging and the online world so we kind of connect the two together very closely so in the magazine we do a lot about kind of Instagram accounts that we're loving and we do a hashtag project every issue where we try to get people involved in creating their own images and hashtagging them so there's that crossover between the online community and and the print magazine so so you know we've got both sides of it really so I think I don't know I think that's why people are kind of they're moving towards it because that's less full of adverts and just all about the content and inspiring the readers yeah like the magazine itself is the product and that it yeah the advertising doesn't matter and that in itself makes the magazine a better product and one that people want to read but it's so interesting about you saying about it being in the world of blogging as well because that's definitely how back in the day um 91 first kind of came to my attention because you almost have like the celebrities of Instagram who are really involved in the magazine and stuff because I know like you've done Sarah Tasker's house before and people like yourself are kind of known as bloggers and being on Instagram and then they do kind of translate into the magazine as well so you do really kind of straddle the two worlds Mm-hmm. In a really nice exactly way. yeah yeah and yeah I mean I think as well you know we do we do obviously have advertising in the magazine but it's very limited it's only I think about around eight pages um out of 108 that we have mm. put aside for advertising um and you know we don't just open up to anyone we're very selective about the brands that we approach so we approach everyone directly that we think will fit with our content so you know, we hope that the advertising that is in the magazine is actually kind of useful to our readers as well. It's not just, oh, right, this is just how they make money. It's actually brands that people are like, oh, you know, I want to go and check that out. So yeah, that's very much part of it for me as well. It's not just stuffing it full of any old adverts Mm. just to get the money in. It's also about the adverts being inspirational to readers too. 
Yeah, that's so interesting that you approach them. And actually, I have a, a blogging for business course, and it recently just had its first incarnation. But in the Facebook group for that, the class were talking about independent magazines that they read, and they were all saying that actually they read the adverts just as much as they read the oh, content. That's, interesting. that's good. To hear. Yeah, so it is, does seem to be a thing in the kind of indie magazines that that is almost becoming a value add rather than sorry, you've got this advert to look at now. Yeah, yeah, just flick past it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah, good to hear. <laughs> yeah, and kind of knowing your brand and your audience so specifically that you can pitch for advertising that is going to be good for people, not as you say, just something that they're going to flick past. Yeah, and we do we do have some sponsored features in there as well. I don't know whether people actually really notice that they're sponsored because we, you know, we create the content with the brand. So, you know, we feature their products and things, but it's all created by 91 contributors. And again, I think that that concept comes from my experience in blogging and working with brands through my blog. And, you know, it makes it a kind of a different thing from the kind of advertorials that you see in commercial magazines where it's still, they've tried to do an editorial feature, but it still looks a little bit adverty. Yeah, Yeah, you always know. (laughs) Yeah, whereas, you know, we really aim to try and kind of create the content within our aesthetic and really show our readers how they could, you know, let them see how they could have those products in their own homes and stuff. So it's not a pushy kind of sales feature so yeah again I think that comes from from my background in in blogging rather than publishing world so Mm. yeah yeah. there's there's so much that the kind of traditional advertising worlds and stuff can learn from the blogging approach to sponsor content and stuff because there does always seem to be this kind of thing that even if you are a blogger and you're starting out or or you're on the other side of the coin that sponsor content needs to be different to your normal content and you need to be just turn into a completely different person when you write it for some reason whereas yeah. actually the most the best adverts are the ones that you don't even realize are an advert that it's just so valuable and yeah people don't really seem to think about that with adverts they go straight to well is this valuable for the brand it's like well it'd yeah. be valuable for the brand if it's valuable to the person consuming it exactly um, yeah yeah and I think it's interesting that for us you know whenever we approach brands about you know working with them on the magazine that there's been a real shift in how brands approach the marketing you know whenever I first started blogging like I said it was 10 years ago and it, you know that whole kind of working with brands collaborations whatever that wasn't even a thing back then but mm. you know whenever it first kind of started to happen you know people didn't really get the whole blogging thing and whatever but now it's nearly switched around so a lot of the brands that we approach about working with 91 they're like oh well you know we don't do any print advertising we we work online advertising is what we do and working with bloggers and you're like oh you know it's just it's funny that it's changed around it's it's good but for us obviously (laughs) no hold on we're not just a normal magazine we're we're different well we like to think we're different and we do think that the you know while it is in print it's still got value for your brand so yeah it's kind of difficult for us now to kind of nearly convince brands to do the print advertising so yeah there's definitely been a big change in that as well so what do you think that kind of says about the future of print generally and also kind of for 91 as well because you have a really strong online presence both with Instagram and the blog and that's quite a focus and I know you've got the zine as well which is online so you've kind of got three online things to one print magazine so I'm just Mm. really interested about how that how you see that balance and whether you see it changing 
Well, I think, you know, with, with a print magazine, it, it's a lot of work to put together, obviously. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm working around my family and my other work and as is the rest of my team. So, you know, we can only at the moment put out two issues a year. But I think that's good because I think it, that our readers, they like the kind of build up and they get excited about the next issue coming up. Whereas if it was out every month, I think people would get bored of it quite quickly. And I, I don't know about you, but whenever I've subscribed to monthly magazines, I get them and then I don't get a chance to look at it. And then suddenly the next one shows up. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't even read the first one. I've got like eight months worth of magazines yeah. piled up that I've not read. Okay. So I think, you know, just having those the two issues a year is kind of enough for us at the moment anyway. I mean, originally when I started publishing it online, it was quarterly. Uh, I don't actually know how I did it because it was just me doing it back then. I didn't have anyone working with me. I, I designed it myself. I commissioned it all the features myself I did all the ad sales myself and now I've got a whole team that do that mm-hmm. and I, you know we can only put out two a year but um I don't know I think you know that that's what's nice about the print magazine only coming out twice a year it's it's kind of a real treat for people and whereas the online content people can kind of consume that at any point you know we do two two blog posts a week and again we keep that you know we think two years are quite a nice balance we don't want to be bombarding people with blog posts every day and then the easing is quarterly so it's kind of they all balance out throughout the year really mm-hmm. and actually with with the easing it's at the moment it's free to our mailing list subscribers I've actually decided that I'm going to start putting the the back issues on the website to sell because I think you know once the new one comes out and the last one disappears, it's kind of no one can see it anymore. And it's a shame because it's such nice content in those. So it gives gives anyone that's missed them a chance to then download them. And, you know, if there's people that really don't want to be on our mailing list and if they want to pay the money for it, then they can download it from the website as well. So, so yeah, I guess it's just having a balance of, of the print and online that that can work together and yeah I think I, I think I hope anyway that there's a future for print magazines as I say before you know people like to hold a magazine and you know I even get people telling me that they like to rip out pictures and mm-hmm. make mood boards and whatever it is and you can't do that with with online obviously you've got Pinterest but you know people like to actually make those mood boards in in kind of real life as well mm. I think. Yeah you don't get the same kind of texture or that tactile feeling with, with mm. Pinterest exactly, yeah. <laughs> and yeah I think that's that's really interesting that the kind of the mix of content that you have it all kind of builds up to the the print editions but you still have things going out to hold people's interest over that time so that you're although you're only kind of selling twice a year you're always present it never seems to be like oh 91's back again you're, you're always there and there's always ways for people to engage as a brand so that it's more more than just the magazine exactly and I think you know whenever I first had it online I didn't have a blog I didn't have a 91 magazine blog I had my own blog where I would have mentioned 91 but whenever we went into print we then started a dedicated 91 magazine blog and we made a a proper schedule to publish twice a week and and that's made such a difference as well because like you say it keeps our readers connected to us throughout the year rather than just oh we read the magazine forget about them for the next six months and yeah that's definitely made such a, a huge difference and you know obviously being present on Instagram and things like that as well so yeah that's so nice it's because it's almost like not a personal brand but it isn't just a magazine it is the people behind the magazine and I know you guys always kind of share 
on your personal channels, like when you're going for meetings and things like that, and you're all very kind of open about your roles. So people kind of find the team and like them and then get to know the magazine and it's it's all kind of one big thing which it sets you apart a from kind of other magazines because it's more about you than Mm -hmm. it is the content almost and it just gives people something to buy into and that's what I think is really nice is that it feels a very approachable friendly magazine and not somebody kind of sitting in an office being really sniffy about interiors trends yeah no that's nice um and yeah I think as well it's one of the things that I love about doing it is the creative community that we've kind of built around it so all the people that contribute so all the photographers and writers and stylists and illustrators that we work with is so it's just such a nice group of people to to work with and you know I just love when people email me and you know pitch their ideas and and I think people are always a bit nervous about pitching ideas to magazine editors and you know I couldn't be further from the Devil Wears Prada editors (laughs) (laughs) really approachable and you know it's it's nice whenever people just feel like they can just email me and say I've got this idea and you know necessarily it might not necessarily work straight away but you know once we've kind of had that initial conversation we can turn it into something that will work for the magazine or will work for the blog or or whatever it is so you know I just love having that 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 creative community based around the magazine so yeah and seek inspire create is one of my favorite hashtags as well (laughs) yeah it's grown it's grown hugely Mm. I think I looked the other day and we had like 106,000 posts on there so I don't know, it kind of feels as if it's grown, you know, too big. but um, Getting out of your control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, because we've then created the easing, which is based around the hashtag, so the Seek, Inspire, Create is the three kind of sections within the easing. And it's also inspiring some other future ideas. So it's kind of, for me, it's become more than just about that hashtag on Instagram. Yeah, it's definitely what the brand stands for and like your brand pillars really and you can kind of organise everything that you do around those. Yeah, exactly. So we just mentioned pitching so I thought that's probably a good time to actually ask you about pitching. So when I work with people and just talk to people generally, something that I always advocate people doing is reaching out to other channels to kind of be featured there so for my business that's something that's really kind of moved needles for me is blogging for you and also being on podcasts and things like that so whenever I get people to write their their hit list of places they'd like to be featured 91 is is always up there as a really kind of influential magazine for people so what is your advice for either small businesses or content creators who would like to pitch to 91 yeah well I did actually I've written a blog post on my own blog Mm -hmm. um patchwork harmony a few months back because yeah I get so many questions about how to pitch and and again I think you know like I said we're, we're different from commercial magazines so I think we work differently in how they do so I wanted to kind of put a blog post up there that just will help people to understand how we work so that the link to that is actually on our contributors page on the 91 um, magazine website you can click through to that blog post so that's always useful but um basically I think one of the main things before you approach us or any other magazine or any other blog is to just know the content really really well to understand what they're all about because you know you can tell straight away whenever someone 
send you an email and you think you have never seen our <laughs> magazine you might have seen us on instagram and thought oh that looks nice and then emailed me but you don't actually know any of the content because you know with magazines with most magazines anywhere that there's a, a structure to the content so it'll be the same kind of structure with each issue and we do add in new features and things each time and mix it up a little bit but generally the structure is quite similar each issue so you know if you just look at a few different issues you'll see that we always do talking shop features we always feature a lovely shop and then we do obviously home tours and we do a, a restaurant or a cafe feature so there's lots of different slots that can be filled and it's just the case of having a look at what those slots are and then coming up with ideas that might fit into those slots. And yeah, again, same same with our blog. You know, we have lots of regular features on the blog that we do. So, you know, people can look at those and see what their idea might fit into on the blog. So I think that's definitely one of the first the first things is to just make sure you buy the magazine, have a look at it, look at the blog, really kind of get to know what we're all about before getting in touch. Mm. That's something that I get. I get emails being like, oh, I see you do guest posts. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you've not even been on the site. <laughs> yeah, so that's very, really important. And I think as well, you know, just, just email me. It's not, I'm not scary. It's just a case of popping me a line and we can talk through ideas. A lot of the time, you know, an idea spark for me whenever someone comes up with something that I hadn't thought of before. So yeah, it's just, just pop me a line and, and we can talk things through. But yeah, I think you don't have to have a real kind of structure to your pitch. It's just, you know, like I say, just knowing what, what we're looking for in terms of the kind of content that we run. And then, yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. That's really interesting because a lot of people that I talk to, they, they want like a pitch template to follow and they feel they really kind of overthink that first contact and and want to get everything in there so what are the kind of emails that would leap out at you or the ones that you're most likely to reply to well I guess I guess there's two kind of things here so if if you're a a writer or a photographer or a stylist blogger whatever it is and you want to contribute then that's one thing and in that sense it's just you know just an interesting idea it doesn't need to be a really developed kind of concept or anything and you know it's good to always include a few images if it's say you wanted to pitch feature in a a home tour for example if you've got any recce shots of that home that we can see then that's great because you know if we can't we're so visual that if we can't see what you're thinking it's really hard for us to decide if it's going to work and then on on the other side if it's brands again it's you know press releases and that's something that we're actually going to cover in our workshops that we're running this year Mm -hmm. which are for kind of independent businesses to to kind of get noticed in the kind of magazine industry and with bloggers is that kind of PR side of it and it's just you know how to how to create a good press release and how to actually reach out to magazine editors and again, I think it's just visual for me anyway, personally. I like to see images. So if you kind of email me about your products or your brand or whatever it is that you do and I can't see any visuals, I'll probably just open the email and then just close it again mm-hmm. because I don't know, I don't have time to go to websites and, you know, be kind of searching for what it is that you do. It needs to be kind of quite instant for me because we get so many emails that, it's hard to you know have the time to sift through everything so yeah I think images are really important to include whenever you get in touch 
So it's really about kind of making it as easy for you as possible to to want to engage and write back. (laughs) But also about kind of being really inspirational. And you can be inspirational in a sentence as long as the idea is is good enough, would you say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, your, your email doesn't have to be lengthy or, you know, it's literally a little bit about what you do and again images and yeah obviously you know website links are great because then that's the kind of next step if your images and your initial kind of paragraph on your email catches my interest then I'll go and have a look at the website go and have a look at their Instagram so it's really important that those things are up to scratch as well because again it's it's a time thing I don't always have time to spend scrolling through Instagram or going really in depth into someone's website so if that initial kind of click through it doesn't capture my interest then again I'll probably just not have time to really look into it any further mm-hmm. so yeah making sure that your Instagram is really strong and again that's something that, that we're planning to cover in our workshops mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's such a bit and that's the case for everybody isn't it that you have to fulfill the promise that you have on your email or even if you've got a great Instagram account and then the click through to your website is awful then you're not kind of fulfilling the promise that you made earlier so that everything has to join up you can't just kind of rely on one place to do all the work for you yeah Um, so we kind of mentioned your workshops and that's really interesting because it's bringing a completely new facet to the kind of 91 mix and moving offline into real Real life life. experiences yeah (laughs) exactly so tell me a little bit about those um yeah so it's something I've been thinking about for quite quite some time and we had the chance to do our first one in March this year with the occasional home store and that was actually myself and one of our 91 photographers Gemma Watts and we got together to kind of host it was actually only an hour long the workshop that we Mm. did which wasn't really long enough that was the feedback that we got from everyone that was on it where we were kind of the title of the workshop was style shoot edit and create so Gemma was talking a lot about you know actually shooting your images and kind of technical side of photography and I was talking about how to work out your style and then how to create your mainly your Instagram feed but it, it could be related to your blog or you know other areas as well and just really kind of creating a style and an aesthetic to your brand so that went really well so off the back of that I mean Gemma and I have been talking about doing some more of our of our own and then I'm also doing some on my own in September and October time with a, a shop which is quite local to me in Surrey called Sarah and Bendricks and I'm going to be hosting it's going to be like a two-part creative masterclass which again is kind of focused for people that either already have their own small business or are wanting to start one. And that'll cover a, a, a lot more in terms of content. So um, social media, PR, just create creating a strong brand and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of what we've got lined up for this year. And it, it's just for me, again, it's just another aspect of, of our business. And you know, the magazine only publishes twice a year, so it's not, you know, I'm not, it's not making me millions um, and I have to I have to diversify and find other ways to to create income. And also, hopefully, it'll be beneficial for, for all the people that, that come and take part in the workshop. So that's the plan. Yeah, I think that kind of these real-life experiences seem to be having 
a real kind of surge at the moment, particularly for people who are more just content creators who, as you say, need to diversify their income, especially when they don't have print. As we kind of mentioned at the beginning, it's very hard to get people to pay for content online because everyone can get 90% of it for free anyway. Yeah. So this kind of diversifying into experience is something that I seem to spend a lot of time talking about and it's something that I've done as well. Yeah. And it just does seem to be that there is a kind of, not backlash against online, but a real need Mm. to have genuine in-person real life experience yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and yeah I feel you know obviously I spend a lot of time I work from home I spend a lot of time on my own and it's so nice whenever you do get that chance to go out and actually meet people that enjoy the magazine and and you know I get inspired by the people that we work with as well so that's really nice but I mean it took me a little while to kind of work out what was the best kind of thing to do really because you know, for a while I was thinking, well, you know, what are my skills? What can I offer to people? Because I thought not everyone's going to want to start a magazine. So I can (laughs) teach people how to start a a magazine. And yeah, and it's taken me a little while to work out that actually there's, there's a lot of people that don't really know how to, to kind of do their, their PR and market their business and, and use things like Instagram, which, you know, for some people it comes really naturally but for a lot of people it's a real struggle and and they they might have an amazing business and amazing brand and great products but they just don't know how to how to get it out there and and yeah so that's why we're kind of going down that route yeah and I think you saying about thinking about your skills that's really interesting because we tend to take what we can do for granted and just think that it's Mm, it's not even anything um whereas actually for some people the thing that you take for granted the most is the thing that they need. And particularly with things like Instagram and marketing more generally, people massively overthink it and think that there's a big secret that everybody knows and they don't. And so being able to shed light on that is really valuable for people, I think. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really nice the kind of the trend for workshops because it is that sharing of knowledge as well it's not you know oh I've learned all these things over the last 10 years in blogging and publishing I'm going to keep it all to myself and <laughs> not help anyone and you know so that's really nice that it's given the opportunity to share that information and yeah hopefully help other people to to learn how to move forward with their business so because we're obviously really really supportive of, of small independent businesses and you know we want to see lots of those businesses grow and and you know it's really nice to see the results of a workshop as well whenever people do mm. kind of start using the, the tips I'm sure you find that as well the tips that you've given them it's it's really rewarding so yeah and I think as well there's something that I learned from doing my workshops was that I kind of got a lot of confidence in myself as well in my own abilities because mm. for mine they were like eight hours <laughs> with 10 people all different businesses and different problems just kind of throwing questions at me and when you've do, when you spend eight hours kind of fielding those questions and actually like helping people you think oh god the, this is actually valuable yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's if I think for people who are even thinking about doing workshops or are scared of them it, yeah it is a really it's a quite intense experience but it's really really rewarding at the mm. end of it yeah, and I think, you know, I think as well for people that are unsure whether they they need to do these kind of things as well for their business, you know, I think, you know, there's some people that I've spoken to that they say it's such an investment mm. just to put that, that money into, and, you know, it's, I mean, the one that we're doing in July is £35, the 
the kind of two-parter that I'm doing in later in the year is 65 pounds and you know you think of that over not even a year over the lifetime of your business that's such a small investment just to kind of get that knowledge and and also you know just get inspired to start working on your Instagram account or you know to start blogging or whatever it is that that will support your business so yeah yeah. that's and that's such a good point is what people actually get out of it and so what I always say to people is that there's a difference between what you're selling and what people are actually buying so you are selling a workshop but actually what the person is buying is the kind of the jump start they need to start working on these things and the confidence mm. to go ahead and do it and actually you know you could save yourself 65 pounds and carry on doing what you're doing for the next six months but actually what you're doing is giving yourself permission to start doing the work that you want to be doing mm. um, as well as getting the know-how and the inspiration and things like that so I am a personal development that's what I do for my work as a coach so I'm always going to be saying it's the best thing to do but I have been coached and I have been to workshops and they've always caused a kind of real uplift in what I do and just you can't do everything in isolation you can't expect to be every job role in your business because that's just setting yourself up for a fall. Yeah, and I think as well, just having that conversation with someone else can just spark that inspiration again. Like I've sometimes had times whenever I feel down about what I'm doing or, you know, lose confidence in myself and what I'm doing. But, you know, just having a chat with someone who understands where you're coming from can really help. So I think, you know, things like coaching and mentoring are invaluable for for those times whenever you just think, oh, what's the point in carrying on with this? You know, I could just get a job, normal job and be given a salary. And, you know, sometimes I have thought that I think, oh, you know, at least you come home with a wage packet every month. And then I just kick myself and think, (laughs) no, what are you doing? You know, you absolutely love what you do. And, you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. And yeah, you know, love to have a little bit more money. But yeah, it's not it's not always about that, is it? Mm. So And being kind of having everything legitimized for you as well. When you're well it's not like your husband or your friends and they have to say, Oh yeah, it's a great idea. But being in a room of like-minded people probably most of which would be your ideal customers anyway because you're all there at the same time and for the same thing and actually have them all say well of course that's a good idea well, like why the hell aren't you doing this anyway people really kind of respond to that of thinking oh my god yes and it's not something that you really that you can get in online conversations in the same way especially because online you can put like a stories poll up of would you buy this and there's a real difference between people saying oh yeah love it and actually then getting their purse out and buying it but when you can see people's eyeballs and they're really saying this is this is valuable I think that can be really important just having that kind of creative community because like you say it's you know your family or your close friends might not really kind of understand what your business is about or what you do but but being able to interact with that creative community especially in person can just be so important and like you say you know you might have an idea that you think oh this is rubbish and you can talk it out with those people and they might say you know that might actually not work that well but what about this rather than just your family and friends who might be like yeah yeah great idea go for it and even though it's actually probably not a good idea Yeah, especially because this online world is so weird and new that it really takes people who are in it and who kind of are on Instagram and understand Etsy or whatever that to get that realistic opinion from because 
if I talk to my mum, say, about my business, it's so not <laughs> anything that she's ever used to. She couldn't yeah. actually help. And, yeah, those kind of in-person connections that you make are just so much more valuable. And people who I met at other workshops or, or conferences even, and then later, kind of six months down the line, get in touch and about coaching and things like that. It's just you make so much more of an impression by kind of being present physically even if you're there as an attendee, you know, there could be your dream customer sat across from you. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I've been doing personally is trying to kind of say yes to a lot of things, which is also a bad idea. But to try and just kind of get out in front of people and meet people, because otherwise you do just end up in this little online world, which is good. It, and it's so great, especially because I live in the middle of nowhere um, <laughs> to have a kind of connection to the real world but it, nothing kind of beats that in-person experience which is hard to say as an introvert but I have to admit it <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm the same and and I find it difficult sometimes because of you know my limited time with you know my daughter and I'm working around her nursery hours at the moment so I get invited to lots of events and things like that but I can never really go to them because I'd have to go into London I would never get back in time to pick her up and things like that so having that online community whenever you're a working mum is great as well but yeah I think for me the events that I do go to are the ones that really really stand out for me and then I'll make you know I'll make the time to go to those but yeah it is a difficult one to juggle sometimes that's kind of a good tip for people who are thinking of doing either workshops or just kind of PR events is that it has to be something special it's not enough to kind of be like oh come and have a free glass of champagne because people's time is really precious so you have to give them something that's going to be really inspirational and also really valuable to them that will allow them to give up their time because for a lot of people time is more important than money almost Mm. because you can't get that time back and you kind of have to budget your time to make sure that you're using it in the best way so thinking about it like that because I think people go straight for a well it's free people would just love it they won't care whereas actually that's not the most important thing yeah exactly it's what you're going to get out of it so it's really important well I've got one more question for you which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life um I would say you know you just have to really stay true to yourself and what your beliefs are and you know remember what it was what the reason was for starting your business and you know recently I've been actually feeling a little bit uneasy about my own blog and because I haven't really written on there and things and we're trying to work out why and then I, I kind of started thinking about why I started it those 10 years ago and the reasons behind that and that's kind of really made me come back to what it was all about um, in the first place so I think just you know staying true to to yourself and reminding yourself of the the core values of what it is that you do and and hopefully that should always allow you to grow the business that you the business in the way that you want it to grow rather than doing it because that's how you think it should be done or that's how other people are doing it or that's how you're going to make the most money that's so, that's music to my ears <laughs> that's so lovely but and so important that that's the part that people always overlook is is the kind of keeping to the core of the business and that why and they as you say kind of chase after the shiny things and all those promises to earn you a million pounds in 10 minutes or whatever whereas actually kind of sticking to that core is the only way that you're gonna be able to grow it kind of sustainably yeah yeah definitely 
So where can people, if they enjoyed this episode and they want to say hi to you or get involved in the magazine, where can people find you online? Yep, so the website is 91magazine.co.uk. Instagram and all our social channels are, again, just 91magazine. Yeah, so that's probably the best place to come and say hi. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Caroline. Lovely. Thanks so much, Kitty. And that was episode eight. Now, don't all go at once to pitch your ideas to Caroline, but I hope that this episode has given you the confidence to pitch to publications and start to consider how a magazine can factor into your marketing mix. All the links that we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Caroline on Instagram. I'm simple and season. And she is at patchwork, H-R-M-Y, and also at 91 magazine for the magazine. Remember also that you can use the hashtag, hashtag podcast to connect with other people who are listening and share where you're listening to. And as I haven't said this for a while, please do subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes because apparently that helps. Until next time, I hope you grow with song. <laughs>